You ever walk into a guy's den and see a picture of him standing next to 14 trout? No, he's holding a 3,000-pound marlin. Yep, that's a good analogy. Okay, but we all know that marlins don't really weigh 3,000 pounds, right? No, have you seen the big ones up close? No, I haven't, but I don't think the guy is holding a marlin the size of a Range Rover. That would be a really big fish and a very strong guy. You think we might be getting away from the point? I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm just a fan who came to say hi. He was gone, but not before he made his biggest contribution to the company. Drop the the. Just Facebook. It's clean. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Does It Hold Up podcast, where we talk about some of your favorite movies of all time to decide if they hold up to today's standards. I'm Adam. And I'm Emily. And this week, we are going over The Social Network from 2010. One of the craziest movies I think that has maybe ever been made, mostly because it's a movie about a website. Like a social media thing. They uh-huh. somehow, are we going to get a TikTok movie? Are we going to get, like, we never got a MySpace movie. That was before Facebook. Honestly, there probably should have been. <laughs> I'm just like. Oh, there's been probably documentaries about MySpace. But I'm not sure. this. This no. was like a big budget Hollywood studio film mm-hmm. about making a website. And I understand this website went on to sell for billions of dollars. Yeah. But MySpace sold for $500 million. TikTok is a billion dollar thing. Instagram is massive. Mm-hmm. YouTube. We don't have a YouTube movie. Those weren't covered in controversies yeah, that I know of. I, yeah. <laughs> then again, I didn't know Facebook had controversies either. It's just weird. Every time I think about this movie, I'm like, man, that is a really good fake movie. Like, it's a really good made up story. And then I have to remind myself that it's based somewhat on a real story. And I'm like, how did this get made? That's not really a question that crosses my mind too much, simply because we've gotten movies such as like Tetris now. Who would have thought you'd have a really good, intense movie about Tetris? Yeah, but Tetris was like the first major market video game that was played worldwide. So that makes sense. MySpace did exactly what Facebook did 10 years earlier. But was it worldwide and just, it didn't stand the test of time, I guess. Tetris has. You can still play Tetris. Sure, but I mean, think about it. Facebook started in 2004. This mm-hmm. was only six years later when this movie came out, meaning this movie got written in 2000 and let's say seven mm. or eight. Yeah. They filmed it in eight, nine, released in 10. So it was only out for like three years. We didn't know it was going to be this massive thing. I'll, I'll counter you with one more thought. Yeah. The movie about GameStop stock that well, is yeah. coming out now. Yeah, and I think that's an aptly titled movie of dumb money because I think that movie is dumb as hell. I think this movie is slightly dumb as hell. It's just crazy to me. Every time I watch this movie, this is probably like the sixth or seventh time I've seen this movie for God knows what reason. Yeah. But every time I watch it, I'm just like, how? Okay, we did this last week. What do you think the pitch was for this movie? Hey, you know that really great social network that made a whole bunch of money. Yeah, there were some issues with that. Uh, let's just tell that story. So this was actually based on a book written by somebody. Hmm, pretty sure it's Eduardo Severin. Yeah. Wrote a book about his time working on Facebook. And that's what got turned into this Okay, movie. that might explain a lot about it this movie. explains everything about this movie. So I just think it's weird. And I can't get over that fact. I can't get over the fact that we made a movie about a social media website. Yeah. But it was good. It was good when it came out. It maybe is still good. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I I had a lot more issues with it this time than I've ever had in the past. (laughs) 
But let's take a look at the people behind the scenes of this movie because it's interesting. So Aaron Sorkin was the writer of this movie. He's a four-time Oscar nominee. This was his first nomination for screenplay. Mm. And he won Best Adapted Screenplay. Then he went on to be nominated for Moneyball from 2012, one of my favorite movies. Molly's Game. And then The Trial of the Chicago 7, which I have not had the pleasure of watching yet from a couple years ago. But he was nominated for writing for all of those. They are very similar. They're all very similar. He also wrote for the TV show The West Wing. That's like what put him on the map as a writer. Mm -hmm. They're all the same. It's witty, (laughs) fast-talking, snappy dialogue. That's what he is known for. There is no room to breathe in his scripts. That is very true. You take one giant breath and you say 17 paragraphs in that one breath. As fast as you possibly can. If you blinked, you've missed 17 plot points. Yeah. Great. So it's just interesting. He's a great writer. His his dialogue is very good. I just wish they could, you know, take a step back. Let us mm-hmm. actually soak some of it in before regurgitating more of it. Yeah. This movie was directed by David Fincher. I know you don't know him. I, the name is familiar, but I could not tell you a single thing he's directed. Yeah, you just, you look completely blank. He's a good director. I wouldn't say he's a great director, but he's made some great movies. Like Gone Girl. Okay. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Didn't watch that one. Zodiac, one of my favorite underseen movies. Didn't watch that one. Panic Room. I don't think I've watched that one. Cool. Fight Club. I have not watched that one. Okay. And you've watched this one because I know because we covered it already. Seven. Okay. (laughs) I watched for this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And then Alien 3. And then he did like a ton of crazy music videos. Like that's where he got his start was in music videos. But he's made some good movies. All right, let's do box office next. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. All right. So the box office for this movie, this movie had a budget of about $40 million in 2010. Domestically, it brought in $96,962,694. Internationally, another 128 for a worldwide total of $225 million. Adjusted for 2022, it was $128.4 million. 2010, it was ranked within the top 30. Ranked between 15 and 30. What do you think? 28. Nailed it. Yeah. 28. (laughs) 2022. It's ranked in the top 15. Where is it? 13. Ooh, so close. 14. Ah. Guess what it it fell behind? By like $20 million. I have no idea. Uncharted. Oh. (laughs) That crappy video game movie. That I didn't even watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. It was bad. Hit me with some uh, critical stuff. Well, Cinoscore has it at a B plus. So it's kind of what people were expecting, but like... No, they were not prepared for an Aaron Sorkin script. No, they were not. Neither was I. (laughs) But someone who was ready for that was Roger Ebert, who gave it four stars. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Not even mad at that. That makes sense. I know. I'm kind of mad at that. Oh, okay. Yeah. The quote I grabbed from him is, David Fincher's film has a rare quality of being not only as smart as its brilliant hero... But in the same way, it's cocksure, impatient, cold, exciting, and instinctively perceptive. Yeah, it's a pretty good poll. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> it's very true, yes. What do you mean by that? <laughs> it's a very cold and insure movie, but like, it's kind of brilliant. It's cold and calculated. Yes. And usually those types of things are brilliant in some way. In some way. Okay, so give me the Rotten Tomato Critics and let's, then let's go back to Ebert. The Rotten Tomato Critics have it at a 96%. Okay. I think that is unjustly high. Sure. What about audience, though? 87. Okay. Better. 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 So, Ebert, you're talking about cold and calculated and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what do you think shined more in this movie? 
the dialogue and the way it was edited and directed, or do you think the actors? Which side? Do you think it was behind the camera people or in front of the camera people that made this movie cold calculated and interesting to watch? Uh, For me, it would be the actors. Okay. I'm putting a question mark on there because I'm going to straight out say this is not the movie for me. Too fast? Too Way too fast. Too much cutting? Yes. Okay. I will, I'm going to get into all that as we go through, but I found myself zoning out because you were going too fast and I couldn't keep up. That, okay. So I, I know I'm a little bit more jaded on this movie than I probably should be okay. because of that. That's fair. That, that's fair. All right. Before we start talking about the movie, just one more thing that I wanted to touch upon. Mm-hmm. So this Facebook was created in 2004. Yeah. Okay. So Mark Zuckerberg in 2004 is a complete douche as we find out from the movie, and it feels like nothing has changed. So clear events of this movie are he creates Face Smash in 2004. It blows up, gets taken down because of violation of privacy and all that stuff. The Winklevoss twins show up, pitch him a Facebook idea. He steals it, sells it for billions, builds an entire empire on bullshit. Yeah. That's this story just summed up super fast. Yeah. Okay, we're in 2023. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, Mm -hmm. still a douche who still builds an empire on other people's ideas. Yeah. He didn't create Instagram. He bought it, and now it's worth more money because he owns it, Mm -hmm. but he didn't create it. Meta Threads is basically just Twitter. It's just everybody hates Twitter, so he gave them... A a new one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation created VR long before the Oculus came out. Uh I mean, they weren't... PlayStation wasn't the first one either, but he just keeps taking other people's ideas and going with it and building an entire empire. He's like one of the top 20 richest people in the world, and... Fuck him. Yeah. Sorry, part of my language, but... Yeah, this is part of what Ebert said in his review was just, he's not the most brilliant person. He just has an intuition of how to make things work. Yeah. So he can take others' ideas, fine-tune them, and make it something that will go off. Which is a hell of a talent in and of itself, but yeah. I don't think it's worth being one of the richest people in the world for that. He was just the one who made it. Right place, right time. Yeah. Because listen, he's not coming up with Facebook all by himself. No. If, if the Winklevoss twins didn't come to him with their idea of connecting colleges, Facebook never exists. Oh, yeah, no. All they did was give him the idea of, hey, what if uh, you had to be like invited to this thing? Right. And then like a website where people could talk. Yeah. It's like, yeah, MySpace already existed, my man. It was MySpace. Just better. Like, Just I'm, not, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be I'm not going to be a hater. Facebook is a thousand times better, or was at least yeah. a thousand times better than MySpace. But there are certain things about MySpace I miss, like a top <laughs> five. I miss having a top five. I miss being able to put music on my page yeah. that people could listen to you. I miss being able to make my page look a certain way. Like you could, that was a cool thing about MySpace. Mm-hmm. You felt like a coder because they let you go change the look of your page. So it couldn't, it wouldn't look like anybody else's. Yeah. And that was so cool. I never had a MySpace. I was a little too young for that. So by the time I came into having internet, that wasn't really a thing anymore. But I had something similar with like an anime style website called Gaia Online. And it had the same idea. You could put a music video on on your page. You could change your page so that it was completely unique. So I'm not exactly sure why Facebook blew up because it wasn't like you could make it your own like all these other sites did. Yeah, that's one thing that always blows my mind about just the world that we live in. So YouTube is one of the biggest things in the entire world, like Mm -hmm. top 10 biggest things in the world. Everybody knows YouTube. There was a little website before YouTube existed called break.com. Where yeah. people went and uploaded videos of like failing uh, kickflips on skateboards and like stuff. It was break.com. It was supposed to be like 
that kind of stuff. It wasn't to make little movies. It wasn't, it mm-hmm. was like, here's clips of us failing at this or doing a prank or whatever. Why Why didn't that one blow up? Why YouTube? It is the weirdest thing with that. So like TikTok is huge, but there was Vine before that. Yeah, like, well, Vine paved the way for TikTok. Exactly. So I don't understand exactly how these things go off. And like, I feel like this movie should have been more about that than what it ended up being. Because that is the more interesting story to me about Facebook than petty squabbles. Yeah. Okay, so let's just, one of my notes, one of my major notes here, because you just brought it up is, Mm -hmm. this story is interesting, but like, it's too much. There's too much happening in this social network movie. I really just wanted Eduardo's story. Yeah. His was the most interesting to me, because his was more about how to build the company, how to do this. Zuckerberg's story was just, I don't know, man, I coded some shit, and then everybody hated me. Okay, cool. That's a boring-ass story. Mm Mm-hmm. So- I really found it interesting that you said this was based on a book that we think Eduardo wrote because I was like, the only character I actually like in this movie is Eduardo. He's the only one that is redeemable in any sort of way. Well, that's not entirely true because I don't mind the twins. Like their whole story, they, they're correct. Sure. They're, but, I mean, they're correct and wrong all at the same time. They didn't yeah. they didn't create Facebook. They had a, diff, a completely different idea. Mm-hmm. He just took that idea, modified it, and whatever. But they're not similar at all. But they no. do have, like, the grounds of, like, if we hadn't brought him that idea, yes. he would have never created this. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he stole your idea. That just means you guys had a great idea. He did something different. But he also was terrible to you because you could have found someone else and gotten your thing up before he did. Yeah. And like, sometimes it is about who gets there first. Exactly. He, for 48 days, he hasn't told us anything. Are you, are you kidding me right now? Go go hire somebody else. Yeah. Go. What are you doing? You guys are smart. Why aren't you just making it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, annoying. How much of this movie do you think was real? Uh, like 80% maybe. I don't okay, know. Okay. So I wrote down a few notes here about mm-hmm. the movie versus what happened in real life. Okay. Okay. So Zuckerberg, so the opening of this movie is him breaking up with his girlfriend. Well, his girlfriend breaking up with him. Yes. First of all, I love this opening. It completely sets the tone, the pacing, and the mood for the entire movie. It's so well done. I will agree and disagree at the same time. Okay, what do you mean? I love this opening. I love this whole bit. It kind of gets you his character and his motivations right away, which is great. I did not realize that she had very little to do with the actual movie. She was the inciting incident. She's the inciting incident, but I'm like, okay, then you randomly go back to these lawsuits that I don't understand. Like, I feel like you need to know something about the story to actually enjoy this movie because I was getting confused with the time jumps and being like, oh, here's these two lawsuits going on at one time. I wish we almost would have started with that. Yeah, I get that. But I think starting with the breakup is very important because according to the movie, that was the catalyst for everything. He went and blogged about that, Mm -hmm. which got somebody to mention, oh, she was hot, but like, because he said, oh, she's got a pretty face. And he's like, yeah, but she's hot, but not like as hot as that other chick. And then that created the... So that kind of set everything up in motion. If we start with the lawsuit, then we're just flashing back and it's... It's weird. Yeah, but it felt like that was what the entire movie was anyway. I mean, you yeah, give, but you, you don't start with... You give us this random time skips in between your movie, cutting up your movie to this lawsuit. Why not just start there and know that that's what we're act- ultimately going for? Because I don't think that's the point. I think the point is for you to not know it's about the lawsuit. It's just supposed to start out as here's the story. And then when it goes uh, to the lawsuit, you're like, oh, damn, some stuff must have went sideways. Well, then I would story. have rather had it be just the continual story up to the lawsuit being the final bit. Having so, it like, in the you middle. Wanna, you want to like split it? You want to do like the first half of the movie is here's the story. The second half of the movie is here's the lawsuit? Yes. 
I don't know if that's as interesting. I would have either start with that lawsuit because then we know what the actual story is or have it in chronological order. Mm, No. (laughs) (laughs) In your world, no. In my world, yes. Yeah, I think just starting with the lawsuit and or putting all the lawsuit stuff at the end completely changes the flow of this movie and it's not as interesting. There's a a flow to this movie. Yes, there is. So that's the opening scene. I really like it. And then he goes and creates this face smash thing, which then leads to Facebook. Yeah. Okay. In real life. Now, again, this is all hearsay because nobody actually will ever know the truth. But according to Zuckerberg himself, he created Facebook and face smash because he just liked building websites and doing that. It had nothing to do with a girl. That's fair. I heard that that character is completely fictional. Yeah, I'm sure he had a girlfriend at some point. Maybe. I don't know. But again, it's how much do you believe Zuckerberg's own words? Because he's going to spin it in the best way possible. He's never going to admit like, this girl broke my heart and I went and created this Facebook because of her. No, he's going to be like, I'm a genius and I just made a thing because I did. (laughs) That's fair. Then we meet the Winkle Voss twins. Mm -hmm. And they, like we said, came up with this whole idea, went to him. He was going to create this website for for them. He didn't. He created Facebook instead. They actually still made a website called Connect You, which was up for years until it just faded away. And then as you found out at the end of the movie, they did settle for $65 million four years after their lawsuit, which is just crazy. Who sits in who sits in a courtroom going through a lawsuit for four damn years? Rich people. That seems like such a waste of time and money. Honestly, it's because they kind of got butt hurt and they had to prove a point and they had the money to do so. I guess. But that was all real. That all actually happened. They did create a website. It was a lot more problematic, though, in real life. We don't know the full thing because everybody signed NDAs to not disclose actual events. Yeah. But it was a lot more heated than what this movie showed. This movie just kind of showed they sat in a room and they said, you stole our ID. And he said, no, I didn't, blah, blah, blah. But like they had so much proof in real life and they had, they sued him about more than just property theft, intellectual property theft. Like it was a messy, messy situation. So they didn't go as far as they could with them, Mm. which I think is interesting because that was a cool part of the story. That was interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I kind of agreed with them to an extent and it was like, okay, they were more, you normally have the rich people being terrible and it's like, no, they kind of had a point here. Yeah. And clearly they did since they win the money. Well, they settled. They didn't win. I just mean, he, yeah, he settled. They got money. Gave them money. Yeah. Uh, Eduardo Sabrin. So you said you really like his story yes. in the movie. Let's talk about his story before I tell you the real story. Great. <laughs> so Eduardo is played by Andrew Garfield. You love him. I do. Why do you love him? I don't get it. He plays the quirky, nerdy guy, but the loser. Is, but also has like a weird charisma to him. He ruined Spider Man. To you, I actually really liked his Spider-Man. Well, I guess his Spider-Man was fine. His Peter Parker was terrible. I will, sure. The movies were bad, too. <laughs> uh, he's, he's great. I really liked him in Tick, Tick, Boom that we just yeah. watched uh, like a year ago. Or I really liked him out. in Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. I liked him in that. He's okay in that. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's great. He's just, he's okay. There's other things I can't think of off the top of my head that he's been really good in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked when he came back as Spider-Man. For he, Spider-Man No Way Home. He gave great emotional he was very work good there. So he plays Eduardo, the co-founder of Facebook. Mm-hmm. And his whole story in this movie is, I helped found it, but you seem to be taking it from me until the point that his shares get so diluted, he's basically removed from the company 
And that's why he sues Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. Because he got pushed out of his own company. Mm -hmm. What do you think of it? Screw Zuckerberg. (laughs) Well, maybe. Maybe. Do you want to hear Eduardo's real story? Sure. So this is why I'm not sure. I should have wrote down who wrote this book, but it like didn't concern me. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's based on a book. I don't care. But Eduardo's real story is he was fired. That is true. After his shares were diluted. That is also true. But it's because he never did the job he was hired for. So he was hired to do three things. Set up the company, you know, create the LLCs, create whatever, 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 the bank accounts, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Get funding. You know, he's the CFO. You're supposed to go do these business meetings, get this money to make this company survive and create an entire business model that they could pitch to other companies to get that funding. Okay. He never did any of those things. He just did nothing. He just kept going about his his job, doing his his work, doing school, doing his internships, doing all this stuff. He never really worked for Facebook, but he kept running his mouth saying he helped co-found it. Mm, so he didn't gr- give him the code that helped match the... That I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but the idea being like, dude, you're the CFO. And in real life, you did nothing for the company. You didn't add money to the bank accounts. You didn't. You did nothing. And then you got mad. You got butthurt by it. Because you didn't do your job. Like, if you don't do your job, I don't care if you're part founder, whatever, fired. Yeah. Do your job. But also don't dilute people's shares. Well, they had to. He wouldn't leave. But he wasn't adding anything to the company. He was literally just sitting there siphoning money out. Yeah. So what do you do with that? You can't just keep paying him his 34%. But it also feels like they had the other character who was played by Justin Timberlake. Sean Parker. Who, by the end, was just siphoning money without doing anything. So... In the real story, let's talk about Sean Parker real quick. In the real story, he wasn't the bad guy. He actually came in and did everything Eduardo didn't do. Mm. So Eduardo didn't get the money. Parker did. Eduardo didn't do a business model. Parker did. Because he had founded Napster. He had done all this already. So he did come in and do it. Now, he did get let go from the company. He was forced out because exactly like they show in the movie... He was caught at a party with drugs and all that good stuff. And, that and apparently underage people. Uh, I don't know how much about that. I just know oh, okay. <laughs> but he was caught with drugs and all this. And so the board, the investors were like, it's a bad look for the company. We're going to push you out. Mm. So that's all true. They did push out Parker. But he is one of the reasons Facebook got to where it is today. Mm. And in fact, after he was kicked out, he still met regularly with Zuckerberg to talk about Facebook. He didn't technically work for them anymore but he was still helping. So if that's the case, that shows you how much he was invested in Facebook. And then they try to make it seem like he's the bad guy coming in, just siphoning money and leaving. Well, I mean, it definitely showed that he made the company what it ended up being. He got them those deals, but it also felt like at least in the movie, because I don't, once again, don't know the actual story, but in the movie, he comes in, bogarts Eduardo's ideas and goes, no, 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 you're coming with me. We're going to do things my way. Yeah, no, the movie definitely makes him out as the bad guy. Yeah. But apparently in real life, he was not. Although, just saying, Facebook has ads now. Oh. Just saying. So that was another reason Eduardo got fired and pushed out of the company. Because he wanted to do ads? No, he did ads without consent. He started putting ads on Facebook, but the ads, every single one of them, was for another startup company he was creating. Ah, well... Yeah. So he used the platform that he wasn't actually a part of to push another startup that he was doing. So why not make it more the real story? Like, I don't know. Doesn't that sound that sounds interesting, right? Yeah. So maybe Eduardo did write this because that's why he wanted to paint himself in a good light. 
Okay, so real quick, uh, the book is from 2009. It's called The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrick. Do I know who Ben Mesrick is? No. Am I going to look him up? No. I was going to say, it could be a pseudonym. But he obviously had at least some knowledge of what happened. So he was either talking to somebody or he was there or something. Because he obviously had insider knowledge of what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But yeah. Basically, Uh, he was friends with Eduardo. And Eduardo (laughs) told his side of the story and that's what got written. (laughs) I mean, pretty much. That's what it feels like because this is Eduardo's story and got to paint him in the best possible light, right? (laughs) So do you think Mark Zuckerberg likes this movie? No. No, he hates this movie. Yeah. (laughs) He says that he spent years working on Facebook, like working hard between studying and all this stuff. Like, that's it. He focused on Facebook. It was not an overnight thing like they show in the movie. And the idea of him being obsessed with social status is entirely untrue. He did not care about his standing in the world. He just liked building a website. Bullshit. I'm calling <laughs> I'm calling massive bullshit on that. <laughs> if he didn't care, then he wouldn't care what this movie said about him. Exactly. I feel like this one, this movie might have seemed a little too on the nose with his character. And that's why he's hurt by it. <laughs> he hit a little too close to home. I don't know. It's... So that that's how much I could find versus like no. real versus the movie. If a, if a movie was made about me and I was painted just as he was in this, I would hate it. I'd be like, um, no, this would be terrible. I would throw a parade and be like, yeah, bitches, I'm exactly like that. Well, I don't care. You would if you were a billionaire, at least. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, like I said, he's super freaking rich. Like $111 billion is what he's worth. Yeah. What the hell does he care about a f- movie from the beginning of his career? If Who he, cares? If he cared more... You should make a counter film and be like, no, 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 this is what actually happened. And then paint him in the best light ever. Right. Because what actually happened is probably stupid and nobody gives a shit. (laughs) God, this this. I still just can't get over the fact that a movie is based on a social media page. Mm -hmm. Okay. Movie stuff. Yeah. The acting in this movie is phenomenal. Yeah. Top to bottom. Jesse Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg. Also interesting that they have last names that end in Berg. (gasps) Conspiracy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, he's absolutely fantastic in this role. I don't know if there's anybody in 2010 or 2023 that I would rather have in that role because he plays a sniveling little douche so well. And the way he delivers these fast lines is amazing. Yeah, I could not think of another person. I was like, maybe nowadays Michael Sarah, but... Absolutely not. He's still considered too lovable. Yeah, but and if you look at his, for, he's not lovable. Screw that guy. That's why I put air quotes, but you know, people can't. Yeah, see it's a that. podcast. Nobody can see your air quotes. I know. I try to use inflections. <laughs> no, I I don't like Michael Sarah. I don't think he's a great actor either. And no, he reads all his lines at half speed. There's no way he could have done it at double speed. Yeah, fair enough. And I know you don't know a lot of actors and stuff, but I do. And I sat here, I racked my brain of who would I cast if I was going to make this movie again. I it would no, still be him. It would still be him. Yeah. I mean, granted, he still looks like he's 20, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I would put him right back in the role. I'd probably recast everyone in the exact same roles. <laughs> well, except one. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. All right. So we already talked about Andrew Garfield as Eduardo. He's pretty good. I loved him in this movie. He has the most dramatic moments in this movie. True. Are reserved for him. And I think that was a really smart choice. I think he has the most range out of all the actors, all the main actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. So to focus and let him do those emotional beats, I think made the most sense. I just wish we had more time with him. I felt like he was sidelined for quite a bit of it because he was in New York and they were in uh, California. California. 
And it just, I don't know, we lost him halfway through the movie. And I was like, oh, where'd he go? <laughs> well, that's apparently when he was in New York, not doing his damn job. Apparently. Then we have Justin Timberlake as Sean Parker, the guy who comes in and replaces Eduardo. This was one of his first movies. I don't know if this was his first role in a movie, but this was his first like big role. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. I actually really enjoyed him in this. I thought he did the uh, kind of, oh, I would say sniveling, but you already used that. The kind of like backstabber. Backstabber. I don't I don't know how much of a backstabber he is, though. Oh. He never did anything behind anybody's back. Yeah, I, just, I don't know the word I'm, I want to use for him. Okay. But he plays it really well. <laughs> Whatever word that is, he plays it really well. That's fair. I forgot that in 2006, Justin Timberlake was one of the stars of Alpha Dog. Sure. A really underrated movie. It's not great, but I think it's better than, you know, nobody remembering it. Uh, but then it was a couple little roles until this one, when it was a bigger role. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's fine. Like, he's a good actor. I like him in a lot of stuff that he does. I don't know if this was the role for him, though. I thought he did fine with it. I thought it was against type for him. So, And I think that's why he took it or why he even went for it. It kind yeah. of break out of that mold. But also, at the end of the day, hire an actual actor. Like, this dude's going to have a big role in this. Let's talk about the scene where he gets caught with the drugs. Mm -hmm. That scene's terrible, and he's terrible in it. He's better when he's having to call Zuckerberg after, because you see a little bit of emotion on there. But yeah, him getting caught was not great. No, and there was just moments throughout where I was like, I don't really believe you, and all I can see is Justin Timberlake. Mm. I think that's my biggest problem, maybe, is I just see Justin Timberlake, and the acting doesn't make me think otherwise. Okay, I can see that. And so it just takes me out of it every time he's in on screen. I just get removed from the movie because I'm like, are you going to sing? <laughs> When's NSYNC coming back? I try to remove myself from the movie every time he's on screen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know exactly what that I means. Did, I didn't like the character. Oh, <laughs> I was like, uh, because you love him too much. I don't I didn't get it. I don't like the character, but that's I don't like any of the characters. Fair. That's that's it. That's like, OK. Oh, one more. One more. Yeah. Oh, God. I, well, We'll just get into it. This is a knit of mine. Mm -hmm. And it's a really dumb knit because there's nothing that they could do about it because they didn't know. But Army Hammer as the Winklevoss twins is one of my knits. Only because over the years we have found out what kind of person Army Hammer is. Hmm. So I don't know if you know his story. You want to take a little side tangent here? Uh, I guess. So Army Hammer, you know from this movie, he was also in The Lone Ranger no with no. with johnny depp no played, i avoided that one. Oh, he played the lone ranger he was just in uh death on the nile the who, hercule perot movie yeah who was he in that the main dude who is the bad guy oh who's not the bad guy but also the bad guy i don't know sure anyway so this dude was married to a woman from the cayman islands had some kids got divorced and then all of a sudden a bunch of crap came to light dude had multiple affairs uh-huh he is he was arrested and charged with sexual misconduct for taking non-consensual pictures of the women that he was with. Okay. He assaulted women. He's been accused of uh, sexual assault by numerous women. He has been accused of coercion into sexual favors. He's accused of bruising women from physical abuse. A uh, bunch of the women that he was with said that the only reason they couldn't leave him is because they felt unsafe. So if they left him, they had no idea what he was going to do. Uh, emotional abuse, and he's had multiple rape allegations. When he's also been accused out? of being a cannibal and and attempting to drink a woman's blood. Okay, when did this come out? 2016. So he's still making movies. Yeah. So, well, screw Hollywood. 
It might have been 2017, but yes, he was still making movies after that. Because it was after he got nominated for Oscars and stuff for Call Me By Your Name. Do you remember that movie? And I think that was 2017. So maybe it was right after that. But yeah, like that's why Death on the Nile didn't really get a theatrical release and why people boycotted that movie. Because he was in it. And they actually had talked about, there had been plenty of stories saying that the studio looked into doing a Tig Notaro. Mm-hmm. from army of the dead and replacing him but it wasn't cost effective considering that they weren't going to make their money back anyway and that's why it ended up going straight to streaming really mm. because he ruined that movie by being in it so just seeing him in a movie especially two of him and his performance he really isn't that great yeah can just hurt the movie a little bit where i'm just like Ugh. sure i knew nothing about this so it didn't had no effect on my viewing experience sure. that's why it's my knit not your knit Yes. Kind of look at Kevin Spacey movies ever again the same way. Yeah. I mean, that brings up the question of uh, confusing the artist with the art. Correct. And I think what would help is if he put in a really great performance, but his performance was wooden. Yeah. And boring. Wasn't his story. I know, but still, like, how many times have you seen a movie where, like, that dude came in for 15 minutes and absolutely rocked that role? That's the whole point of best supporting actors and actresses. Come in short amount of time, crush your role. He didn't. And because of that, I'm just like, ugh. we already digitally made two of him because <laughs> he, he's obviously not a twin, yeah. but he played both of them. Some other guy just stood in and they digitally imposed his face. Can't we just like erase him? Put somebody else in that role now? Yeah. It, it was 2010. Blush. You could have just gotten the Phelps brothers. Who? Uh, the, They played George and Fred Weasley. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would have taken that. Yeah. So worked on your American accent. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they can just be British. It's fine. You know, it's fine. It's a fake story anyway. So let's go for it. But yeah, so that's just one of my nits. And that's the last actor to really talk about. There's a ton of other people in this, but those are like the main guys. Tons of other people. None of them matter. No, a lot of this doesn't matter at all. Yeah. But what does matter? The score. (laughs) Oh my God, what? It's really good. I don't think it works for this movie. Oh, I think it does. I actually wrote such dramatic music for a movie about Facebook. But I think that's why it works. That's why I love this score and why I think it does work is we're literally seeing the Winklevoss twins rowing a boat with like 10 edits and like this really intense music on it where this seems like music better suited to a cop about to uncover or like find the serial killer. Yeah. and But there's music just played over them rowing a damn boat. I think that's what just works so well in this movie is the score makes the movie more tense than it actually is. I just got confused by it because I'm like, this is very against what I'm watching on screen. So that's the point. I get that. It just doesn't work for me. Okay. I, I mean, you're entitled to your opinion. I just that's the whole point, though, is tense music over a non tense situation. That's the point of the score. So, like, I get it didn't work for you, but, like, I hope you at least understand what they were doing. I kind of get it. Like, I liked the music over the rowing because I was like, okay, well, this kind of makes sense. They're losing here, so they're not going to lose against Zuckerberg. That was their breaking moment. So I kind of understood the music there, but I more wrote that as a note early on in the movie when Zuckerberg's just walking around and it's, like, super intense music. And it's like, but why? Because it's a super intense story. He's always on edge about what's next. So they do the music to keep you on edge about what's next. It didn't work for me. Uh, We could argue all day about this. (laughs) This is one of my favorite scores. I think it's just done so well. I do think the movie is too long. Yeah. 
two hours and something, I don't, two hours, 20 minutes, something like that. Just long. It's long. It's and it long, feels long at parts. Because it's long-winded. Like you said, you never get a moment to take a break. It's You're on the entire time. So you get exhausted by the time the movie's over. I've been listening to people talk nonstop for two and a half hours, basically. Yeah. It feels like an action movie that never lets up on the action, except their action is words. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, can give me a moment. I need to go take a piss. I need to take a breath. I need something. Yeah. But no, they just never let you until one specific moment. Hmm. This is late in the movie when Sean is arrested and calls Zuckerberg. Yeah, we that get to movie hear. is such a stoppage for me where you're like, fast pace, fast pace, fast pace. Boom, wall. Because it's literally a 30 second clip of him just listening to the phone. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to hear what's happening on that end. You're just watching him make the same exact face for 30 seconds. Yeah. And I feel like if they would have done that sprinkled throughout the rest of the movie, it might have been better. But doing it like majorly just one time late in the film is such an odd choice. Mm-hmm. Such an odd choice. Very odd. Then, I mean, that's it. So he gets sued. We see him in the courtroom with the Winklevoss twins saying like, they didn't invent Facebook. If they invented Facebook, they would have invented Facebook. Mm-hmm. So clearly he just doesn't care at all. Like, anybody in the world could probably suit him at that point in time, and he would have just been this nonchalant dick sitting in that courtroom or sitting in that Mm -hmm. deposition room. And it's just weird to me because he gets sued there, and then he's acting the same way during the scenes that Eduardo is suing him. And I think this is where the movie gets a little too convoluted for me. We already get the one lawsuit with the Winklevoss twins and their partner, whatever the hell his name was, that I just don't care about him because he's such a non-factor in this. But we're also cutting between... Creating Facebook, that lawsuit with the Winklevoss twins, and a separate lawsuit with Eduardo. I wrote this as being such a confusing aspect to me. Why have two lawsuits going simultaneously? Because, once again, not knowing the story going in, I was thoroughly confused. I was like, is this all for one lawsuit? Like, are they just deposing different people? Like, what is happening? It took way too long in this movie for me to actually understand anything that was happening. So I was almost frustrated by that point. Yeah, and I think that's where it lost me as well. It's just, you could have done, here's the story with the Winklevoss twins lawsuit. We see that lawsuit get settled and now here's Eduardo's lawsuit. Mixing all three of them together just got a little too, I don't know, much? You also didn't do anything stylistically to tell us what time period we were in or what Well, they changed the color palette slightly. Slightly. But that was so minuscule that it was like, okay, I kind of get back then versus the lawsuits. But the lawsuits were exactly the same. The only thing different was which side of the table Zuckerberg was on. That's the only indicator on which deposition we were listening to. If you're going to have three different storylines going here, have something to separate all three. Yeah, that's one of the things I wrote in my notes was just, it's so, I don't want to say the word confusing because I followed along, but I can't think of a better word for it. Mm-hmm. But it is confusing because as much as we make fun of Marvel movies and all that for time stamping across the screen really big, 1994, yeah. Wakanda or whatever, mm-hmm. this movie needed that. Yeah. We needed reminders of what time period it is and where we're at. Yeah. Because this movie starts taking place in 2004, but the end of it is the lawsuit in 2008. This is a four-year span of all this happening. I couldn't tell you when the lawsuits happened. Exactly. I only knew from looking it up. 
mm. seeing when. Well, I think at the end of the movie, it also says in 2008, they settled for $65 million. Oh, I didn't even get the time. But I the just knew how much they settled But for. the beginning of the movie takes place in 2004. So we're covering four years here. But are we? Or are we just getting the end of the lawsuit, end of both lawsuits, plus the beginning of Facebook? Over that four years, I don't know what's happening when. No, not a clue. And it bothers me. I don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't need giant letters across the screen, but like a little, you know, lower third about what's happening and yeah. when. Yeah. Where are we right now? What's going on? Who, who's part of Facebook at this current moment? Because I couldn't tell you. Not a clue. I struggle with this whole setup because I think one of the worst things about this movie is the pacing. I honestly dislike it because okay. we'll be following one story. I'll get very interested in that story and I'm following along. Suddenly we're... Somewhere else. Somewhere else. Yeah. And then we're somewhere else. And then we're back to that story only to go somewhere else. And I finally get interested in that one. And then we move again. You never let me have enough time with one given story to actually get invested in it for any length of time. Because I just get frustrated that you switch the story on me. And I'm like, well, I don't care about what's happening here. I want to know what happened there. I don't care about Sean Parker. I just don't. Yeah. He wasn't there at the beginning. His part was minuscule at best until Eduardo left. So why are we focusing on him? There's a scene where they're in a nightclub. This is where Sean's pitching himself to Mark Mm -hmm. to be like, get me and I I will take you to places you've never been before. That whole scene, I want to skip it. One of my notes is there's a ton of skippable stuff in this movie where it's just like, cool, fast forward. Like everything to do with the Winklevosses? Winklevoss. Winklevosses. Yeah, Winklevi. That's how they're collectively known, the Winklevi. The Winklevi could have been cut altogether. No, that's that, but that's an important part of this. Like I said, I didn't need facesmash.com. Yeah. Who cares? Girls the, are pretty. Awesome. The that only girl's thing, prettier than that girl. Who cares? Only thing that does is make him seem more like an a-hole. Yeah, no, we got enough of that throughout the rest of the movie. I didn't need... Yeah. That didn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he treated his girlfriend at the beginning, going to be you, was enough. There's just so much skippable stuff, but that night scene club, or that club scene. I understand that one going because you can't hear a dang thing that's happening anyway. No, the music's way too loud. You can't hear anything. And it's a pointless story. He already likes Sean. Sean is already a part of this. He's already going to invite him. He's already enthralled by him. Yeah. I don't like, I like that dinner scene mostly because Andrew Garfield is fantastic in it. Yeah. And Justin Timberlake looks completely lost. (laughs) Like he's getting circles. He's getting acted in circles. Like it's. Uh, amazing. Jesse Eisenberg is great in this. Brenda Song is great in this. Uh, Garfield is great in this. And Justin's like, um, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah, it, there's just so much skippable stuff. I don't care. Just yeah. give me the lawsuits. That is the most interesting thing. Give me the lawsuits as the main story and then sprinkle in flashbacks of it actually happening. There. Well, there we go. That's That's one of the questions I have. What's the main story here? Is it the creation of Facebook and how it got to where it was? Is it the Winklevoss's lawsuit or is it Eduardo's lawsuit? What's the main story here? The amount of time given, it would be the creation of Facebook. Interesting wise, I'd give it to Eduardo's lawsuit and Winklevoss's could have been gone. But you say <laughs> they're, oh, they're... based on time, but nothing happened in the creation of Facebook that wasn't directly connected to one of the lawsuits. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that mean that the lawsuit is the main story? But we spent more time with the creation of Facebook, so I assumed that was what the story was about. Only because of the lawsuit, though. That's yeah, but the I'm lawsuit saying. didn't come in right away, so I didn't know that was going to be the main storyline. <laughs> so I focused my attention on the creation of Facebook. It's a weird movie, right? Yes. And that's why, like, you guys are probably used to us breaking this down, like, scene by scene, or, like, kind of going through the order of the movie. It's almost impossible with this movie. 
because it jumps around so much yeah. that you can't focus. You can't say there's any major beats to this story of when things happen. They just happen. Yeah. There's no, oh my God, can't believe this, or that was huge. It's just blah, 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 words, 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 movie ends. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I want to get into nits and questions. Yeah. I think this movie's too fast and way too witty. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've heard the real Mark Zuckerberg talk. He's not this witty. No. I don't think anybody is this witty. And yeah. it's something that bothers me about movies just in general. Stop making everybody so damn witty. Yes, not everyone is going to be able to talk a mile a minute and say just on-topic things 100% of the time. And it's, it's, sometimes it works. I think if, if Jesse Eisenberg's Mark Zuckerberg was the only one doing it, Mm-hmm. I think it works really well, but everybody's doing it. Even Brenda Song's character does it. A little bit. Not as much, but like when she's first introduced, she's kind of on top of it. And it's yeah. like, but why? Yeah. Too many edits. Yes. Again, we talked about this with, what was it? Like two, there was a movie that we just saw. Um, oh, it was the new Mission Impossible movie that we have a review for out on our YouTube channel right now, if you want to check that out. Mm-hmm. But one of my problems with it was during conversations, the camera was just moving around a whole bunch for no apparent reason other than they could. And that's exactly what happened in this movie. This movie is just a bunch of talking, and yet it's cut to hell like an MCU action scene. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, it's it's trying to make an uninteresting story interesting with everything else. Correct. I don't like the fake story. I don't like how different this story is compared to the other one when we could have focused and the real story is still interesting. Yeah. It could have played well. The weird chicken stuff with the whole, there's a newspaper story about him abusing chickens and then the cannibalism, forced cannibalism on the chicken, like everything to do with that part of the lawsuit Mm -hmm. and that talk, cut it. It serves no purpose. Um, I don't like how they make Mark Zuckerberg semi-autistic. I don't know the man in real life. Maybe he is, but they, I feel like they were just like, you know what would be a really cool, interesting personality trait for him? Mm-hmm. If he was autistic. He Where, really like, felt it. He's not even looking at you. He's not even listening. But then he can still answer your question. What? Who can? Who does that? Not me. He's not even paying attention. And then they're like, Mark, are you paying attention? And he's like, blah, 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 blah. Here's your answer. Dude, you were not even in the room. You were somewhere else. How did you answer this? Mm-hmm. I They re- do it repeatedly, and I think it's to show how intellectually superior he is to everybody else in the room, but all it does is make me go, you're fake as hell. Yeah. You and are a movie character, not a real-life person. Correct. And so it just bothers me a whole bunch, and then my last nit is there's too many side stories. I don't care about Brenda Song's character. Yeah, no. I don't care about Sean Parker creating Napster. Nah, or nah, he, the girl he hooks up with before well, he finds out what Facebook is. I don't care about Mark Zuckerberg's girlfriend and breaking up with her. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Face Smash. Yeah. I don't care about these things. Just get to the story. Yeah. That's all I got for Nits. What do you got? <laughs> My nits are shorts, socks, and sandals in winter. Was it just trying to make him look like an a-hole? And then they really make Mark seem like a caddy B-word. A bitch? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you can swear. Just, it's okay. Just caddy. Yeah. And it made me caddy because I wrote another note of like the next scene after him being caddy. I'm making the like, this girl looks better than this girl. And let me blog about how this person hurt me. And it was like, the next scene was, this is an exclusive club. And my note is an exclusive club that let you in. Oh God, this movie is making me caddy now too. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% agree with you where it was just like, he's so, again, it goes with my, he's too witty. He's yeah. also too caddy. Yeah. And it's just like, I understand maybe we're probably not supposed to like you. And so in that case, it's doing a damn good job. But But by the end of it, I hope 
you go bankrupt and end up floating in an ocean somewhere. And maybe that's why I'm so angry with this movie too. I know where he goes from here and it just is up. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want you to succeed. He I don't like you as a person. Up. Yes. And then to know that you go on and do even better than what you were already at, you don't deserve it. Just going to say that. And this movie made it really clear if that is how you are, which I don't think so since you seem so mad about it, but sure. It's because it came too close to home. We already talked you, about it. You should not have done well, and it makes me angry that you did so. Correct. You want to go in questions? Sure. Nice. Mine are go very ahead. like specific. Um, I had to ask what a final club was. I did end up looking it up because I had no idea. Yeah. And apparently it's just high society social clubs in, at Harvard. You don't know how much cooler it would have been if it was a fight club? I honestly thought that's what they were talking about for like a good portion of this movie. It was like, oh, is this like a fight club kind of I want to see Mark Zuckerberg get his ass kicked. What else you got? What other questions? So there's a moment when Zuckerberg is trying to like toss beers to someone. Okay. And it like breaks almost as if it hits the camera. And I'm like, what did it hit? The camera? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I honestly don't even know what part you're talking about because I was probably zoned out at that moment. <laughs> it's later on. It's, it's like- in the California house. Yes. Yeah. With- uh. The floozies. Yes. The groupies that Sean Parker brought over. And he's like, he's tossing it and it breaks like right in front of the camera. I'm like, what did you hit? Like, there's nothing on the walls nothing like, what did you hit? And, and then it smashes on the floor in front of her. It's super yeah, weird. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. And last thing is, is this movie glorifying being an a-hole? No. Okay. No, I- He succeeds I, and he's he, an a-hole. He does succeed, but most- successful people are a-holes in some way it's one of the things that pisses me off about just successful people you can be successful and nice i promise you it exists you don't have to be a dick and Keanu step on Reeves. people but no i don't think it glorifies it because nobody walks out of this looking good mm. yes they succeed and so some people will take the wrong message from this but it's also the idea of they show how much everybody hates these people yeah so i don't think so I mean, Eduardo ended up looking pretty good to me, but... But not in the real story. Not in the real story. All right, here's my questions. Mm -hmm. Does Facebook suck? Uh, yeah, a bit. Okay. Did Facebook ruin social media? Everybody was having such a good time with like LiveJournal and MySpace and all that. And then Facebook just came in and now we've been in a steady decline of interactions in social media since. I don't necessarily know that Facebook is to blame for that. My problem is, is that is the first one that I really was on. And I don't even use it that much now. So I don't quite know how it was before that. So I'm not a good judge of character for that. Yeah. I mean, we have like 40,000 followers over on Facebook. So I sh really shouldn't talk that much crap about it. But it's not great. Yeah. It's not great. I don't have a, like I don't use a personal one. I have a personal one, but I like use it to look at everyone else's stuff. I don't put my own stuff mm. on there. I don't even use it. <laughs> uh, should there be a limit on wealth? Yeah. I don't understand people having that much wealth, so much wealth that you could not go through it if you wanted to. Yeah. Spread that out. Like he does What what happened to the trickle down method? His kids doesn't exist. His kids, 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 kids don't have to work. Yeah. With how much wealth he has. That's just too much. Yeah, I don't get it. I would never be able to be a a billionaire simply because I would just keep giving money away. I'd be like, and you get some, and you get some. Here's a new charity. Yeah, Here like you go. said, I don't understand what happened to that trickle-down effect of, like, the more I make, the more I can give to others, the more I can help others out. And I understand, like, we should not just be giving handouts. Yes. It's not like, we're just going to give you a billion dollars because you didn't do anything. But what happened to, oh, oh the company Facebook did is doing well. really well, let's give it back to the employees. Yes. Let's hire more people. Let's give them better benefits. Let's do things. Let's give them raises or... If you have $111 billion, that's your net worth. Your company is worth more than that. Mm -hmm. 
if your lowest paid employee is making under 100k you're failing as a business yeah there's no reason for that the fact the fact that we still have a low minimum wage but these people are making doing all their hard work to make a billionaire even more rich is ridiculous yep so i definitely think there should be a limit i don't know on what but something should a single website ever be worth billions of dollars this isn't just facebook Mm -hmm. twitter elon musk bought that for like 44 billion dollars like a year ago why it should not that is too much money for a single website Mm -hmm. i don't care what that website is capable of unless it can cure fucking cancer yeah there's no reason for that i yeah it i can't i I don't have words to describe that because i'm just gonna go down a rabbit hole but yeah no websites should not be worth that much money yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Uh, what one piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? I honestly don't know because there's nothing in this movie that's like super memorable to this movie. So there's part of the deposition where we see Mark Bucker, Mark Buckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> have a yellow legal pad in front of him that he's taking notes on. <laughs> Which he's just drawing, doodling. Well, he's not actually drawing or doodling. He, they did that so that it would be concealed. But if you notice, he's always flipping to the second page to write stuff, mm-hmm. not that first page. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg was taking notes about his own performance during the scene so that he could correct it in the next take. <laughs> I want that. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know there was backstory to it. So. I mean, I still just would want it anyway because yeah. it's, it's cool. But yeah, there's a whole backstory to that. Fun fact. We haven't done one of those in a while on a pod. It's true. Behind the scenes fun fact. So I want that. But there's nothing you want. You don't want like the hoodie that he wears. You don't want the socks and sandals that he wears <laughs> in no. the snow. I thought maybe the pane of glass that they write the equation on. Ooh, that would be cool. Yeah. Frame that, put it up somewhere. Yeah. I don't think that's the equation, though. Probably not. But still cool. Yeah. All right. Who's the best actor in the movie? Who gives the best performance? Andrew Garfield. You get one Oscar to give out. It can't go to Aaron Sorkin because he actually won for this movie. (laughs) Who gets it? Is it one of the actors? Is it Fincher? Is it the cinematographer? Who gets it? Uh, I'm I'm going with my heart with Andrew Garfield as supporting. No, it's Eisenberg. Eisenberg gets it. Without him, this movie doesn't work Hmm. at all. His performance holds this entire movie together because it's interesting. That's fair. And it makes you want to watch. Okay. Uh, Hot takes? This movie isn't as clever as people think it is. Oh, that's my hot take. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Not in that word, but you know, yeah. I want to hear your wording of it. I don't think it's as clever as people assume it is. Yeah. It's very well written and it is clever, but it is not the be all end all every single person studying to be a screenwriter should copy this movie yeah no. it is not that good it is thoroughly confusing and that's probably why people think it's clever because oh i can't keep up with it but someone can i'm sure so it must be smarter than i am no my wording was this movie is just as dumb as superhero movies so yeah my hot take was pretty much the same thing as yours interesting let's go into the awards ready yeah your psycho shower scene for your favorite scene award goes to the montage of actually creating facebook oh nice that's my runner-up mm, i really enjoyed it because that was the story i thought i was getting and that's what i was actually interested in seeing was them creating this thing that would become a juggernaut mega- juggernaut that's <laughs> I that's the word wanting- you were looking for yes i kept wanting to say jargon i was like <laughs> that's not it no that's the crap they wrote and plast off as clever there you go I agree. I think the whole creating Facebook is very interesting. I think this movie still could have worked even getting rid of the lawsuits. Mm -hmm. 
and just showed us how much Z- Mark Zuckerberg went through to get Facebook to where it got to. Yeah. Would have been very interesting. I enjoyed that part. Mine is the hiring an intern for Facebook where they have four people sitting at a table and there's a bunch of rules about every three minutes, they got to take a shot. Every time they finish 10 lines of code, they got to take a shot. Mm-hmm. Every time this happens or a pop-up happens, got to take a shot. And they're just all getting drunk and it's very much like an underground fight club scene where yeah. everybody's <laughs> cheering them on even though nobody really understands what's happening. Yep. And it's just such a cool aesthetic for an uh, basically what e- equates to an interview for a job. That's actually my runner-up. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. <laughs> I really enjoy it. And I especially love the fact that Andrew Garfield's character comes in and he's like, in what world are they going to need to do any of this drunk? Next up is the Life uh, Finds a Way Award for your favorite line in the movie. What do you got? I grabbed a quote from the beginning of the movie from the breakup scene. Excellent. And it is... You are probably going to be a very successful computer person. You're going to go through life thinking that girls don't like you because you're a nerd. And I want you to know from the bottom of my heart that that won't be true. It'll be because you're an asshole. (laughs) I told you, that opening scene encapsulates everything about the movie we're about to watch. Every single thing about the movie that we were about to watch in that quote. And that's why I picked it, because that is... I could have stopped watching the movie at that point and known exactly what was going to happen. Yeah, because you know where he ends up later. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so good. Oh, I should have picked that one. That's okay. <laughs> you, that's great. I have, during one of the depositions with the Winklevoss twins, mm-hmm. the lawyer asks Mark, do I have your full attention? And the whole back and forth is fantastic, but one specific line just gets me. You have part of my attention. You have the minimum amount. That's how I feel watching this movie. <laughs> You have part of my attention. The minimal amount that it takes for me to enjoy this movie on any level is what you have. Mm. Because there is too much happening. Yeah. And I just don't like the characters. Yeah. But it's just, I love the way Eisenberg, the whole whole quote he gives here, the whole paragraph he reads is just fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I love how he's, the whole idea of like, if your clients want to sit on my shoulders and call themselves tall, it is like, oh, that's so good. But again, it goes back to my nit of, People aren't that witty. Yeah. Not every single line he says should be a banger. Yes. So it's just great. But I love the whole, he's just like, you have the minimum amount. It's great. Great line. Yeah. Next up is the Han Shot First Award for what held up the worst since this movie came out. For me, it's the pacing and the jumping back and forth between time frames and not knowing what what time frame we're in. It made this movie illegible. I know. I know that's not the wor- actual that's word. That's writing, yeah. I, I know. I just don't necessarily under- know the word <laughs> that I want to say for watching. Yeah. But it translates. Mine is Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I think he goes on to give fine performances in other movies. Mm-hmm. But usually those other movies aren't with Oscar winning actors. Yeah. And Oscar winning directors and Oscar winning screenwriters. And he just feels so out of his league in this movie that every time he's on screen, I'm completely removed from the story and reminded that this is a movie. Yeah. And I don't think that's what you want to happen. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't hold up at all for me. Fair enough. Last award as always is the Paul Rudd award for what held up the best since this movie came out. I have two. Okay. Can I cheat? 
It's it's like a split. Okay. Really. Yeah. It's Jesse Eisenberg mm-hmm. and Andrew Garfield. Okay. It's those two's performances make this entire movie. They are, especially when they're going at each other or with each other. Those two together, I would watch any movie they were a part of if they were both in it. That's fair. So couldn't really pick one one above the other. So I had to give it to both. I gave it to Andrew Garfield as Eduardo. (laughs) For me, he was the emotional core of this movie. He was the one I was actually connecting to on any level. So he was what guided me through this movie. Eisenberg's performance is absolutely fantastic, but he was the one that I kept tuning out because he was talking too fast. Which is 100% fair. Yeah. 100%. Uh, So basically what we're saying is Andrew Garfield wins this movie. Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's it. You got anything else you want to talk about this movie? I'm ready for final... Final thoughts. Go for it. If you know me, I rewatch movies constantly. If I find any modicum of joy in a movie, I will rewatch it. I will never rewatch this movie. I did not care for majority of this movie. I thought it was too fast. The pacing was off. Things just w- didn't connect for me. While the acting was great, I just, I don't think I'd ever show this to anyone. I don't think it holds up because it's not as good of a movie as everyone thinks it is. Wow. Okay. That's fair. I somewhat agree. I do think this movie holds up. I do think it's a great acting yes. performance all around. I think the screenplay is very tight. I think it could have loosened up a little bit and not gone as hard as it did with the inside lingo and the just nonsense that comes out of their mouth sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think the cinematography is pretty. Mm. And I think this is one of those movies where it's like, Listen, you can make this movie with a low budget. Yeah, $40 million is a mid-sized budget, but there's nothing in this movie that looks $40 million. Basically, I imagine most of that was spent on the actors and the screenplay. Yeah. But I could make this movie for a million dollars. Yeah. Maybe it wouldn't look as pretty or as whatever, but this is one of those things where it's like, you don't need to go big to do anything. This is just people sitting around talking and look what it does. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I think as a movie or as a film, it holds up. Okay. That's it. As, as a film major, somebody who works there, who's got that degree, this is something I would show people and say, study it. Not for the writing, just for the entire encapsulation of what you can do with five locations and a good script. I'd be like, watch part of it. You don't have to watch all of it. Just watch part sure, of it. Sure, there'd definitely be skippable parts, but I think more of it holds up than doesn't. All right. All right, cool. That's it. That's all we got, guys. Thanks for joining us on our journey back to 2010 to revisit the social network. And if you are interested in the social network, you can watch it on Vudu, Google, or iTunes. Unfortunately, you got to pay for it. Purchasable or rentable. It is not streaming anywhere currently. Probably because of Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, probably. But if you want to come see us on socials, on our social networks, you can find us anywhere by clicking the link in the description on this episode. Come follow us on YouTube where we do new movie reviews and on TikTok where we release daily movie facts that you might not have known, like the yellow legal pad from this movie and what that's actually all about. Uh, Next week, we are covering a family film, an animated film from 2001. Maybe you guys can figure it out. It's the first ever winner of the Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards. So that's what we're covering next week. I can't wait to get into it because I am not a fan of that movie. And I somewhat am. Yeah. So please come back next week to join us. 
In the meantime, go back, check out some of our older episodes. They're a lot of fun. Reach out to us on all the socials. Let us know what you guys thought in the social network. And you're a legend. You're a warrior. So always be good to yourself, but be kind to others. That might be more important. And as always, keep watching movies. Bye. Thank you.